Hey, uh, man, happy Easter. So glad that we're together for this, uh, for this third service here. And uh, man, so, it's been so cool to see all, the, uh, all of our church and all the different ways engage uh, over, the, over the last couple days. And uh, man, we're just taking steps and a lot of fun stuff. But we've been celebrating, uh, man, for a few weeks. We say we, one of the ways we want to celebrate Easter, because our, our mission here at the church is to see people and places changed by Christ, uh, was to see people take next steps, but also see you know, things that we can do to help parts of the world that wants that, that they want to see new life as well. And so we started raising money to build a computer lab in the country of Haiti through some of our partners there. And, uh, and so Scott Martin actually went down and built it. You guys raised enough money for that. And uh, we're able to celebrate today because we're, we're bringing some new life down to the country of Haiti. And so uh, these are some of the pictures there that, uh, of, of the, the computers set up. And so these, these students are going to be able to take a next step in their education and see some things happen in them that, that they weren't necessarily able to do at first because of your generosity and your, your desire to see a new life there. So congrats on that. So awesome to see new life um, uh, on that and um, so so cool to continue our partnership with uh, all of our friends down there in the country it's cool good stuff well hey uh, I tried to keep it a secret but apparently everyone knows what I'm going to be talking about today right um, it's going to be the, we're talking about resurrection and Easter and, and the major announcement of Jesus today for you is that you can have a whole new way of life right here in the midst of of this one. God, God created you, and God created you way before the foundations of the world. He designed for you a life that he wanted you to live, you personally, you uniquely, you engaged, and he was able to, literally wanted so bad for you to, to, to live this life that he sent his son Jesus uh, to die, to, to live, to die, and to resurrect in order for that to take place. And that image, that vision, that picture perfect of this perfection of his life was so that you could live in relationship with his son, Jesus, and begin to see all sorts of new things take place uh, in you and through you. And so this announcement that, that, that literally all, everything can change because of the resurrection, this announcement that all things are, are becoming new in the resurrection, the announcement that all of this is possible because of Jesus is actually available to us uh, today. And you know what's so cool about the resurrection is that it's like becoming so much of a thing, like literally this has never gone away in 2,000 years. It's gone, it gone to the point where historically, um, it's, not, it's, it's like taken off of the table historically. Like it's, there's no one that really is saying, man, it never happened. It's almost like almost intellectually dishonest at this point. But they are shifting to say, okay, well, how did it happen? And what we have to understand is that this resurrection is something we have to have a reaction to. It's not something, it's, it's something we have to move away from. Either it happened and it changes everything, or we walk away from it and say, hey, whatever, it worked, that's it. Great church service, let's go eat some ham. Right, because this major question, this major question, is what do we do with Jesus? And actually, this 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 question is something that Jesus asked his followers, and it says here in Matthew 16, this very simple question. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say that I am?" Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so this question that Jesus asked his followers 2,000 years ago is the same question he's asking all of you today. Who do you say that I am? 
who do you say that I am? And so I don't know where you're at today, what your background is or how you got here or really what you're going through in a lot of different ways. But I, what I do know is this, is that, is that many of us, we just think, might just think Jesus is a great teacher or just this really awesome religious figure that we, that we kind of pay homage to every once in a while. Maybe Jesus for you is just no thoughts at all. He's kind of indifferent. Maybe for you, he's kind of like a, a tool on the tool belt that you use periodically for, for no matter what it is, no matter where you're at. We have to answer the question, who do you say that I am? And no matter you've been believe, you know, believing in Jesus for a long, long time or you don't believe him at all, we have to answer this question. For Peter, he says he's the son of the living God, the Messiah. But, but for Peter, it didn't start here. And so we've been using the story of Peter the last few, few days to, to kind of move us towards Easter. And Peter really is, he's this really cool guy, really awesome dude. If any, you know, many people think he's kind of like a poor fisherman. Kind of wasn't the case. Peter, he was like, if you've ever seen Deadliest Catch, he's like the captain of the boat, right? Have you ever seen the show Deadliest Catch or like just a major, anyone know any biker friends? Like that's Peter. Like he's just a, a dude's, dude. He's like the construction foreman. He's kind of like just a normal guy, kind of like you, kind of like me, just a normal, normal person. A lot of times we, we, we think of people in the Bible, we look at the Bible, kind of romanticize it, over-spiritualize it, but Peter was just like one of us. And he got to the point where he was able to answer this question, that he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, but that's not where he started. That's not where Peter started. When Peter is understanding the resurrection of Jesus, and if it changes everything, it got to this point where he was able to say he's the Messiah. But that's not where he started. And so today what we're going to do is journey with Peter to get to the point to understand how the resurrection changes everything. So grab your Bibles that were on your seat. Um, We're going to go to Luke chapter 5, which is page number 855. We're going to go there. And we should wrap up um, within the next two or three hours. So it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Hope you hope everyone's eating Easter dinner. Um, it's going to be going to be a blast. And if uh, you're new today, you have no clue if I'm joking or not. So sit tight, uh, just hang in there, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, together. It's going to be awesome. Don't worry, we give lunch breaks and all that fun stuff. It's good stuff. Luke chapter five. Verses 1 through 11, the story of Peter. Here we go. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized that what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, 
they left everything and followed Jesus. So if the resurrection changes everything, what Jesus invites you to do today is not just to just go from zero to 100 and drop everything today. What he wants you to do is he wants you to take one step. If the resurrection changes everything, he wants you to just take one step towards Christ today. And many, I don't know, wherever you're at, wherever you're from, whatever background you have, everyone has a step and we can all take a step towards Christ. And so the resurrection changes everything. How can we take a step towards him today? The first way Peter did that wasn't by dropping nets and leaving everything. The first thing he did was listened in. What I love about this is Peter just was in the crowd. He's just one of the, one of the crowd. He just was there. He was listening to what Jesus was teaching. He had just got, he's a fisherman, right? So he's coming in from uh, the, 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 a night, kind of like a third shift fishing at this point. You know, it was really hot there, so all the fish would go down, uh, would go down, uh, you know, down a little bit in order to, uh, you know, stay, you know, stay cool. And at, at night, they would actually raise to the surface so that they could fish, right? So they would spend all night. So Peter, you know, he, again, he's just a, just a guy. He's working third shift. And what are you doing after third shift? Going to bed. Come on, somebody, right? We're going to bed after third shift. And so he's like, I got to finish up my shift. I got to finish up my spot here. And he begins to clean the nets, right? He's like pulling out all the beer cans and the kind of all the stuff that he picked up while he was fishing, right? And then he lays them out to dry. And then, and then what they do, they roll them up so that they get ready to go out the next night. And so he's just there listening. He's just part of the crowd. No prerequisites, no sorts of preconceived notions. He's just one of the, one of the crowd. And, and what I love about this idea is that when you're listening in and you're kind of just a part of the crowd and you're just maybe just grabbing a seat and listening for a while, it, it, there's no prerequisites for you. In fact, Jesus was extraordinarily uh, uh, like familiar and loved hanging out with people he just had nothing in common with. In fact, he often got, he often got ridiculed for who he spent most of his time with. So the only prerequisite for you to be in the crowd, to be listening in, is to just be nothing like Jesus, to be completely indifferent towards him, to have no kind of real interaction with him. It's normal for this to happen. It's just this idea where, okay, hey, I'm gonna listen in. Maybe it's for you, if listening in, it's about a- answering some questions. Maybe it's not being indifferent anymore, but really kind of being interested. And so maybe there's some sort of movement there that you can just step into intentionally listening in to in order to take a step towards Christ. Because, because you know what, a lot of times, here's what happens. When Jesus is just a religious figure, a lot of times what we feel like we have to do before we join anything is we have to change. So what religion is gonna tell you to do is change so you can join us. And it's kind of based off your behavior, whether you're in or you're out. But what Jesus asks us to do is join so that you can be changed. And when you talk through this, when you begin to hang out Community Covenant for a little bit, you'll bump into all sorts of people that, never, that didn't start by believing in Jesus, but they started with one step of faith. And they began to see their life start to change. And they began to see stuff happen. It wasn't to start with this big announcement of faith, but it started with a step. It started with a step of faith. And by Peter, he starts there, he's listening in, believing the fact that I don't have to change in order to join, but I can listen in and I can start to see the change happen. And so Peter starts by listening. It starts with information. It starts with new thoughts, a new idea, a new possibility for what your life can look like, a new possibility for who you can be. It starts with a new possibility for how you can take a step in the journey of your life.
And so for Peter, it starts by listening. And then he moves from there. It gets real interesting. Peter, Peter is there sitting, kind of listening. Jesus walks over and says, hey, can we push your boat out into the water? Now, here's the thing. What are you doing after third shift? Going to bed, right? And Peter's like, all right, this really influential guy wants to borrow my boat. All right, well, get in there. Let's push it out. And he pushes the boat out and begins to teach the crowds. He begins to teach from the boat. And so for, for Peter, it wasn't about just all of a sudden announcing this new statement of faith, but it was about listening in. And then he moves into loaning something. This really small step where he begins to say, you know what, hey, uh, he kind of says, hey, Peter, can I borrow your boat? And maybe he's asking you today, hey, uh, can I borrow some of your time? Can I borrow some of maybe your money? And, and, and see, wait, wait till you see the impact that things start to, to happen and things start to change and things start to be, like, kind of move through your stuff when you start to plug it in to what I have planned. He said, what, like, I, I know we're all busy, right? We're all we got families going around. Everyone's got crazy weekends and everything's got happening. He says, but if, if you give me just a little bit of your time, what would your family begin to look like? What would your life begin to look like? What would the things actually, would, would things actually start to take place and start to happen for you in a way that allows Jesus to get some glory and allows you to get the joy? And really, would things begin to shape and change and to look different? What if you gave him just a little bit of your time? See, so you've been listening, for, listening in for a while, and if the, the resurrection changes everything, you say, okay, well, uh, you can have a little bit of my time. I'll give you like one Sunday a month maybe, or maybe I'll give you like a Tuesday. Maybe I'll start serving a little bit, but I'm just gonna take a step, and I'm gonna let you borrow some of my time, some of my money, or some of my thoughts. And so, so Peter, right, he's listening in, he's kind of doing his thing, fixing the nets, and then he, he starts learning, and he says, okay, sure, you can have my boat. Now, this is really, what, you know, G- the, the, Jesus finishes up his sermon, right? And he probably didn't have his Easter colors on when he was preaching the sermon, but we'll forgive him for that. You know, he kind of wraps up the sermon, probably preaches the house down, does a great job. And then he turns over to Peter, and he says, hey, um, uh, hey, hey, you didn't catch any fish last night. I love that. Peter probably was like, Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, I was already feeling that one. And uh, he said, but what if you did this? What if you threw your net to the other side of the boat? I just love that. It's just like, a, like if I'm listening to that moment, I'm like, Jesus, you're the communicator. I'm the fisherman, All right? Don't tell me how to fish. I'm not going to tell you how to speak. You know, you've got good big crowds, big success. Don't tell me how to fish. And he begins to move that through the story, right? He says, well, you know what? Um, like, hey, I, we've tried to fish all night. Right, we tried to do all that. But now you want me to fish in the middle of the day when all the fish are down? Okay, well, he, and what, I love Peter's response. Again, I can imagine he's tired. I can imagine he wants to do something. He says, okay, but if this guy's talking and he's obviously doing something, I'm not going to do it because I think it's right. I'm going to do it because I trust him. And so Peter gets invited to live a little differently. I love this because it didn't start with all of a sudden just dropping everything and changing everything and everything looks completely different overnight. What it starts with listening and thinking and maybe I'm going to give a little bit. And, and then he goes, okay, now I'm going to step into actually listening to something that Jesus is telling me to do. I'm just going to throw my nets to the other side 
of the boat. And what happens, right? Like tons of fish come out and things begin to happen. Things begin to change for him. Because Jesus proved that he can be trusted. Now for you, this, might, this is definitely going to hit you in one of three areas. It's gonna, it's gonna affect your relationships uh, because there's belonging and community that's gonna happen. It's gonna affect the way that you work. You're gonna begin to see your job differently. It's gonna even affect you financially because one of those three things, he's, he's saying this, he, Jesus, no, he, he goes, I know you know how to do it and I know you have a way to do it and I know you kind of have been doing it that way for a really long time, but what if you just did something a little bit differently this time? He says, I know, I know you're the fisherman. I'm, I'll get off your back here in a second, but what if you did this just a little bit differently? If the resurrection changes everything, if it matters today at all, if we have to answer the question, what do, who do you say that I am? We have to decide at this moment, do I throw my net from one side or to the other, or do I say, no thanks? No thanks. What I love about this too is that Peter doesn't know the fish are gonna come, does he? Right? He doesn't know that this is all gonna, in fact, he probably thinks Jesus is a pretty bad fisherman. He's like, no, no nobody does it that way. But he, th- he sees that things begin to change. Be- not because he thinks so, but because he trusts Jesus. So it starts by listening, and then he moves into loaning something. It's kind of a small step. And then he moves into this idea where I'm going to live a little bit differently. What I love about Peter's response here, and it's true for us, because if we think the resurrection matters today, if we're going to answer this question, who do you say that I am? If you want to follow Jesus' journey, you're going to get to this point. You're going to see the results. You're going to see the fact that he's trustworthy. You're going to see it all happening. And Peter's response is not to focus on the fish, but it's to fall on his knees. And Peter says, you are Lord. See, Peter got to this announcement in Matthew 16 by saying, you know, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Not by all of a sudden saying that, but he started by listening and then just kind of engaging a little bit. And then it started by really living differently a little, just doing the things that we know how to do just a little bit differently according to how Jesus said was possible to live. And then we can look back and we see this entire thing happening where now we know that the resurrection truly does change everything. And so Peter's at the end of his life, and, and what he did is he, he, the same grace and the same change that he felt, he starts telling other, people's about, t- telling other people about it, and he starts helping build churches around the area and starting to pastor and engage these things because he wants the resurrection of Jesus to be the best announcement. He's, he just believes it's the best announcement. And he just starts talking about it and things start to happen. He, starts, he writes a letter to one of, the, to one of the, the churches, actually to a group of churches that are just scattered in all these different ways. And he writes this little statement. He says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. 
and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And so if the resurrection, if we have to do something with the resurrection, if today we're not celebrating just a set of ideas, but a person and an event that changed the entire cosmos, if we have to answer the question, who do you say that I am? We begin to see that it's not by our own great work, it's by his great mercy. And it's through the resurrection that we see that God is not this big judge behind a, a desk with a gavel, and he's not waiting for you to come in the doors of a church to get to the exact spot where he can throw a lightning bolt. Right? Come on, somebody. But he's a God of great mercy. But the Bible constantly reminds us that he's for you. He constantly reminds you that he's, that he's in this with you. That he's constantly reminding you that, that, that if you live life his way, you'll see the life that he planned, designed for you. This is by his great mercy. And because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, it's not through our work, it's through his work. It's through this resurrection that we can see this new life come. And it's, it's now, because of this resurrection, because of all this work, that we can live with great expectation, that we can live with an inexpressible joy, a joy that's not based off fleeting things, but based off the Father in heaven. See, it's a change. If we have to do something with the resurrection, we can't just logic it away. If we have to answer the question, who do you say that I am? we can see that it starts with some listening and maybe it goes to some loaning here. If you're not like really bought in, you're like, oh, maybe I'll just come again or maybe I'll just do one more thing. And maybe you get to the point where you start to live a little bit differently, but his invitation for you today is that you can call him Lord. And he's got you here today to, to hear that announcement that the resurrection can change everything for you. And so here's the thing. If this stuff wasn't true, and I'm just kind of this a brass tacks, kind of a simple guy when it comes to this, I, I'm going to say, all right, if this is true, then it's got to be happening. It's got to be, I got to be able to see it, right? Right, just, oh, it's kind of tough, you know, I just, uh, but it's got to be happening. And what I love about the story of Jesus is that it has never stopped happening. It happens every day in, in the life of our culture. You know what, our culture loves some resurrection, loves restoration. It loves seeing these types of transformations where people and places and things, they move from death to life. We love seeing this. We, love, we actually look for it in our bones, deep in our bones. We love seeing this sort of thing take place. We, we even have complete you know, TV shows dedicated to it. Thank you, Chip and Joanna. Come on, right? We see this in our culture. And our culture hasn't learned to call it God yet. Our culture hasn't learned to know that it's something that they were created for. And so it's been happening. And today we're going to get to see the story of our friend Emily. And Emily's story is this one that moves from death to life where Jesus intercedes and begins to see all sorts of new things take place. And Emily got baptized last night. And so we, we recorded that. We wanted to show everybody because it builds the faith of our church, builds the faith of us as we see that people, actual people, 
when they interact with the story of Jesus, when they understand and believe in the resurrection of Christ, that it really can change everything.